Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 25th of October, 2021, uh, the 19th of Cheshvan, 5782, coming to you this morning from just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Hope you are safe, hope you are healthy, hope you're doing well in your part of the world. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with me, Josh, at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston Israel Advocacy and Journalism on Twitter at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. I will admit here this morning, uh, very early on Monday morning here in Jerusalem, I am really, really tired. I stayed up all night watching football. I will be honest. A big victory for my Indianapolis Colts. And um, and we're going to do this podcast, even though I think I slept maybe 30 minutes last night. Nevertheless... That is uh, an issue I'm going to have to deal with on this glorious Monday. Uh, top story um, reported over the weekend here in Israel. This, according to Times of Israel, Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz declared six so-called Palestinian human rights groups to be terror organizations, saying they had effectively operated as an arm for the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine terror group. So if you're not familiar, the PFLP is a designated terror organization, both in Israel, the United States, and in the European Union. Um, It's a terror group. And these six organizations, according to our defense minister, employed senior PFLP members including activists involved in terror activity. So here you have, you have these NGOs who are claiming to be uh, looking out for the interests of the Arabs living under the Palestinian Authority. But in reality, you have members of these organizations who are known terrorists, PFLP terrorists. So you would think, you would think that The international community would be outraged. You would think that human rights groups would be outraged by this discovery. Um, But that's not the case. Uh, The Jerusalem Post yesterday, uh, the headline is U.S.-Israel clash over Palestinian NGOs declared uh, terror arms, meaning branches of uh, this terror organization. So again... The J-Post says that Israel and the U.S. State Department clashed over the weekend after the Justice and Defense Ministries declared that several leading so-called Palestinian NGOs were in fact arms of the PFLP. And they list the six organizations here. The State Department criticized the announcement on Friday in the most explicit admonition from the Biden administration since the new Israeli government was formed in June. Uh, Ned Price, the State Department spokesperson, said, quote, We believe respect for human rights, fundamental freedoms, and a strong civil society are critically important for responsible and responsive governance. So this is the U.S. State Department. Of course, in addition to the U.S. State Department, you had all these other organizations and so many people criticizing Israel for saying that Israel perhaps will try to shut down these organizations. 
under a back to the Times of Israel story under a 2016 statute, the declaration which Israel made enables Israeli authorities to close the nonprofits' offices, seize their assets, and ban supporting their activities. And that should be done. Okay. Uh, the evidence is there. Our defense minister said so. We have the evidence. If these are terror-supporting organizations, they should be shut down. Why the criticism from so many different camps? Why from the U.S. State Department? Why would they criticize this? If some organization in the U.S. was found to be harboring terrorists, um, or enabling terrorism, or actually behind terror attacks in Israel. I mean, do you think Israel would criticize the United States for shutting down these organizations? Absolutely not. In addition to diverting donations for terrorist activities, some of the funding is also alleged to have been given for stipends for the families of deceased Palestinian terrorists, as well as promotion of terrorism and violent ideologies. That's what these organizations are doing. They should be shut down. And um, it seems like it's a non-story and non-issue, just black and white, uh, yet so many are criticizing Israel. Maybe the worst part about this, perhaps, uh, Yisrael Hayom reported yesterday that certain Israeli political officials blamed Defense Minister Gans for causing a rift with the Biden administration for failing to properly update it about Israel's plan to declare these six so-called human rights groups as terror organizations. The process was not done properly, one source told Israel Hayom. Had the defense ministry prepared the administration, there would be no conflict as there's enough evidence that these organizations are indeed terror groups that have nothing to do with human rights. Okay, so that's one source, not focused really on the fact that these are terror-sponsoring uh, terror organizations, but more concerned with the way uh, this issue was handled. But the focus really should be on the fact that these are organizations that sponsor or support terror. And here you have the leader of the Merits Party, which is a member of the government, saying it is highly problematic to define civil society organizations as terror groups. This is our government, folks. This is the government today of the state of Israel. Whether you're a fan of Bibi Netanyahu, this isn't a, uh, a rally for Likud. The things that I'm saying, I'm not encouraging Likud to take over. Or whatnot. I have issues with Likud. I have issues with plenty of political parties. This isn't about the politics here. It's about the fact that you actually have a government here in the state of Israel which is against shutting down organizations which sponsor terror. Nitzan Horowitz said the matter must be examined carefully because it has implications on human rights and democracy. The defense establishment must present its findings and clear evidence to the public. So it's all about, you know, this is such a messed up mentality. Okay. It's all about free speech. It's all about transparency, right? It's not about the terrorists, according to these people. 
It's all about what others might think this would mean, how others may interpret what Israel's doing. But the focus isn't on the important thing. And this is, again, a member of the government. The government not upset by the possible terror ties, concerned about the way it was done. Why aren't government members condemning these NGOs, or at least some government members? Again, this shows you where their heads are. They don't want to close these organizations. And this is what we have with the current reality, the current situation with our government. Just to give you another example, as reported by the Jerusalem Post, the headline earlier this week in the Jerusalem Post was Israeli coalition member from Meretz. This is a member of our government lobbying European MPs to attack Israel. Meretz MK and coalition member Mossi Raz, this is again a member of the Israeli government, lobbied European members of parliament to encourage robust consequences for what he described as Israel's violation of international law. You have a member of the Israeli government who's lobbying the European Union to go after Israel. This Mossi Raz, in partnership with one of the MKs from the uh, joint list, the Arab party, uh, sent a a letter to hundreds of MEPs detailing what they said were widespread displacement, forcible transfer of what they call Palestinians in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. This letter was sent, rather this letter will be presented to the European Union's high representative for foreign affairs and security policy, various European foreign ministers, along with various foreign ministers, and it will be published in media outlets. And this is our government, folks. Again, you don't have to be a fan of Ibn Netanyahu, Likud, but how can you have ministers within the government begging, begging foreign entities to attack Israel? This is insanity. There's no other way to look at it, at this situation. Complete insanity. Members of our government lobbying other countries to go after the state of Israel. Craziness. The Jewish press reports that the construction of 3,144 housing units throughout Judea and Samaria is expected to begin approval or to be approved this week by the government of Israel. At the same time, the government will also approve the construction of almost 200 new homes for Palestinian Authority Arabs who live in Area C. That's the area completely controlled by Israel. Um... But the Palestinian Authority, of course, trying to, through building, through setting up schools, they are trying to essentially annex Area C, bring it under their control, even though it's under Israeli control. So on one hand, you have a positive, over 3,000 housing units approved. On the other hand, um, you have 200 new homes for PA Arabs, who, by the way, can build as they want in Area A and in Area B. This is a strategic plan to take over Area C, put facts on the ground in crucial areas. If you drive to the Dead Sea, you will see some of the illegal building. Many, many places throughout Judea and Samaria you will see the illegal building in Area C. You don't have to go that far. You can just, uh, from where I am in Gush Etzion, you can go across the street 
in the area of Efrat to see the illegal homes going up. This is a strategy, part of the Fayyad plan, to put facts on the ground. And one day, their hope is, their goal is, when Israel and the PA go back to talks, that they'll turn around, they'll look at the maps, and they'll say, well, we have a village here, we have a village there. These areas might as well be, uh, be put under PA control. That's their goal. Um, in regard to the housing units, the U.S., once again, the Biden administration expressed, um, they said that they were concerned by the advancement of 3,000 homes. This is the first such large-scale advancement of housing in Judea and Samaria by the Higher Planning Council since U.S. President Joe Biden was sworn into office. Jerusalem Post says the announcement comes amid media reports that Prime Minister Naftali Bennett is under extra U.S. pressure to freeze such plans. Cabinet ministers and officials close to Bennett have denied those reports. Ned Price again, he was a busy guy over the weekend. He said uh, that, again, spokesperson for the State Department, he said we are concerned about the announcement of a meeting next week to advance settlement, what he calls settlement units, deep in the West Bank. What does that mean, deep in the West Bank? How big do you think Judea and Samaria is? Where is deep in the West Bank? Five miles, 10 miles, 15 kilometers? I mean, how, what, how do they measure what deep in the West Bank means? Okay, I'm not exactly sure, and I don't even think he knows anything about Judea and Samaria, where it is, what it is, what it's all about. Okay, but the State Department concerned. Jordan yesterday also, by the way, said that they were, I don't know what the exact words were, outraged or concerned about these new homes. We need houses, folks. We need houses in Judea and Samaria, you know, the population's growing. We need homes, it's that simple, and Jews who live in Judea should not be discriminated against. They should have housing opportunities like Jews in other parts of Israel and like Jews throughout the world. A Jew can build in Paris, a Jew can build in New York, and he can't build, he or she can't build in Judea. That's absolutely preposterous. These homes should be approved. And at the same time, we should question the government's decision to play into the hands of the Palestinian Authority and their Fayyad plan to take over Area C. Uh, Israel National News reported the other day that an Islamic Jihad cell was arrested on suspicion of plotting an attack and some of its members belong to Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas's Fatah uh, movement. Channel 12 News revealed on Thursday, according to the report, the squad was re recently captured. Two of its members are detained in Jericho. Um, one of them is detained uh, by Israeli authorities. So here you have, here's the situation. You have... Uh, Palestinian security service members who potentially were going to carry out a terror attack. Now, if you recall, during the Oslo War, some referred to it as the Second Intifada, one of the first Israelis murdered and many Israelis murdered um, were killed, were murdered by members of the PA, Fatah, members of the security forces who were given arms and training by Israel and by the United States, uh, they were supposed to fight Hamas, right? Well, some of them turned their guns on 
Israel. I think it was the second person murdered back in September of, of 2000, an IDF soldier who was gunned down by a member of the PA uh, security force during a joint patrol. In my opinion, the PA couldn't be trusted then and they cannot be trusted now. There are those who say that Israel must be on good terms with the PA for security reasons. There's collaboration, cooperation and whatnot. And then you have incidents like this, which shows that some of the members who are armed of the PA want to use their weapons against Israel. They're ready to turn their guns on Israelis. So in my humble opinion, trusting the PA is a major mistake. In this case, um, I'm glad to see that these individuals were detained. Uh, according to this report, again, I don't know. Some of them were detained by the PA themselves. I don't know. I remember the revolving door policies back in the day where the PA would put on a show as if they were arresting the militants, arresting the terrorists. And then a day or two later, when the cameras were off, they would just let them go. So I don't know if we can take this uh, seriously, but we have to be careful with the PA, the armed members of the PA who are trained, who are supposed to combat terror, but we've seen time and time again, they turn their guns on Israel. Uh, turning to the situation with Iran, AFP reports, U.S. envoy for Iran, Robert Malley, will meet diplomats from three European powers over the Iranian nuclear crisis as Vienna-based talks to salvage a 2015 deal remain suspended. The agreement between Iran and world powers to find a long-term solution to the now two-decade-old crisis over its controversial nuclear program has been moribund since former President Trump walked out of the deal, the bad deal, by the way, in May 2018. And Joe Biden, President Biden, he says he's ready to re-enter the agreement uh, as long as Iran agrees to some conditions. We've talked about this many times before. A bad, bad Iran nuclear deal which President Trump did the right thing by leaving. And it looks like the U.S. is doing whatever it can to get back in the deal. Um, and meetings will take place between diplomats this Friday. Very bad news. Israel might have to act alone. We've talked about this many, many times. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett has said this. Israel will, will act alone if necessary. And um, it's just very, very distressing and disturbing whether it's the Iranian issue, the Palestinian Authority issue, whatever it is, the Biden administration is going down the path of previous failed policies when it comes to Israel and her neighbors. JNS reported the other day that Google has announced that it has removed the label apartheid wall from a road adjacent to the security barrier on the outskirts of Jerusalem. While it is unclear how it came about, the company called it inappropriate and removed the labor label after being alerted by JNS. Well done, JNS. We have taken swift action to update this inappropriate error, a Google spokesperson told JNS. The unnamed road appears to be a military route that run, runs alongside the security barrier um, near the Mount of Olives. And as you know, again, just uh, if, you, if you're not clear what I'm talking about, uh, Israel, and we can argue whether it was the right thing to do or not, Israel erected a security barrier um, as a result of the suicide bombings during the Oslo War, so-called Second Intifada. And uh, again, we can argue whether 
the barrier was effective. A lot of people say it was effective to prevent infiltrations or whatnot, even though there, there are gaps in the wall or the fence. It's actually really a fence. Only parts of it are a wall. But somehow this Google map had um, this, uh, this area uh, near a road alongside the security barrier named the apartheid wall. Maybe it was an employee at Google who threw it in there. I don't know how people have access to Google Earth or a Google Map screenshot. I don't know how they do it. But somebody uh, called it apartheid wall. Google saw it and corrected the error. Um, you know, it's pretty, pretty uh, par for the course for people to accuse Israel. We see daily of apartheid, which is completely false, of course, um, or of being an apartheid state, which is completely false. But it happens. It happens out there. Jewish groups, including Anti-Defamation League, say that the apartheid label would seem to question the legitimacy of the world's only Jewish state and its continued existence. And that's exactly what those who accuse Israel of being an apartheid state try to do, try to delegitimize the state of Israel. And no, it has nothing to do with, this is the excuse, has nothing to do with Judea and Samaria, they want to see all of Israel gone. All of Israel is referred to as one big settlement in their view. One big occupation is taking place here, apartheid, and all the other nasty terms they can throw at the state of Israel. But uh, I'm glad Google did the right thing. Turning to something positive to end this week's show, the Alin fundraising bike ride started yesterday in Israel, and this year it's also being held in locations abroad. Um, most likely because of the uh, coronavirus. I'm not sure they did the Alin ride. Did they do it last year? I'm not exactly sure. But the annual Alin, Alin, by the way, is an orthopedic hospital and rehabilitation center in Jerusalem. Their annual bike ride fundraiser called Wheels of Love began on Sunday. It is a five-day event where you really got to be in shape for it. I know a bunch of people who are riding. You got to be in shape to go five days. I don't know how many, what is it, like 60, 70 kilometers a day of bike riding. And the purpose is to raise money for the Aline Rehabilitation Hospital uh, for children. And they were hard hit, according to this article, as a result of the coronavirus in terms of their fundraising efforts. And that's why this year, not only are there, there are hundreds of riders in Israel, but there are also different rides taking place in the United States and in Europe, all going to a good cause, um, the Aline Orthopedic uh, Hospital and Rehabil Rehabilitation Center uh, in Jerusalem. So congrats to all those participating. Good luck with your ride. And, uh, and I hope Aline raises a lot, a lot of money for an amazing cause. That's going to do it for today. We made it through the show. I'm very, very tired, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to do that again. That's it. I'm done watching football on that long. You got to, I think by 11, 11.30 at night, got to shut off the TV and get some sleep on Sunday nights here. That way I'll have, I'll have more energy for the podcasts on Monday. But last night was just crazy. Like, I think I slept 30 minutes. Anyway, that's my business. But... Um, Again, hope you are healthy. Hope you are well wherever you are in the wonderful world of ours. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Shout out to Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. My name is Josh Haston. 
This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Would love your feedback, Josh, at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look me up. Send me a note. Happy to read your comments on the air. And uh, most importantly, between now and next week, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Shalom from Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city. I can literally see the walls from where I'm sitting right now. The eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Shalom, everybody. Have a great week. Ours is an almost biblical generation of suffering and courage, said Menachem Begin. Ours is a generation of destruction and redemption. Ours is the generation that rose up from the bottomless pit of hell. Well, history didn't place me in that generation, but God gave me the gift of telling their tale, because I'm Rob Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Listen to The Jewish Story with Rav Mike Foyer on thelandofisrael.com.